This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit bbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at tastylicksbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by the Barbecue Institute. Take your barbecue to the next level with the Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Visit BBQInstitute.com and register for classes today. And by Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. Making pellets since 1994, two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that sweet, succulent smoke that you're looking for on your meat, both for grills and bullet-style smokers and, of course, in larger quantities for your pellet-fed smokers. Find them at bbqrsdelight.com. This is Jennifer Polymus from Chalote, North Carolina, and this is Barbecue Central. Cleveland, Ohio. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, guys, let's get into it. Welcome to another edition of the really big Barbecue Central Show. If you want to jump in tonight, 877-448-0433. Email greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. This is, of course, a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Recently was proclamated to be the barbecue capital of the North Coast, especially for this upcoming weekend as the Mark's uh, annual rib burn-off. Rib burners will be in town, purveying their wares to the non-knowing, mass-consuming barbecue public. So if you are in town, Mark's is always a stop that a lot of people like to make if they're going to be around the neighborhood for some barbecue. 
All right, uh, I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. Let me tell you what's happening tonight. Coming up at 14 past the hour, we had her on two weeks ago. She will be back on again at 9.14, talking about her win at Memphis in May this year. Melissa Cookston, Yazoo's Delta Q. Two and three years if you need them. 35 past the hour, friend of the show, Ted Reader. We're going to be talking about the new book right here. Let me... I believe I showed this uh, last week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, go to the product cam. Here it is, a Beerlicious from Ted Reader. Sorry. Beerlicious from Ted Reader. So we're going to be talking about that. And then moving into the second hour, somebody who I have been chasing for a little while now. Well, maybe not chasing, but definitely wanted to talk to in the competition world. Tim Grant from True Bud Barbecue. Looking forward to talking to him. 1014 and then 1035. Barbecue legend and one of my favorite guys ever to talk about barbecue with, Ed Fast Eddie Marin will be joining us as well. So, huge show in case you didn't know, in case you didn't sign up for the newsletter, do it. Go to the Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage, which is the BBQCentralShow.com, and sign up for the newsletter. Go ahead. 500 spots left if you need them. All right. That's what we have. 877-448-0433. Survey Tuesday. Question number one. Because we're going to be talking about it tonight, want to get your reaction. Who should be in next year, that's 2013, Barbecue Hall of Fame? Who should be inducted into next year's class, the 2013? Question number two. What's the most overused saying in the English language right now? Question number three. Horse racing question. I know you were waiting for this. Will I have another win the Belmont and in turn the Triple Crown? Praying to the horse gods. Might get a outside shot interview before three weeks is up with longtime guests of the show and horse racing handicapper extraordinaire Harry DeHorse efforting that as well. So those are your Survey Tuesday questions. Who should be inducted into next year's Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee class? The most overused saying currently on the face of the earth in the English language. And will I'll have another when the Belmont stakes in three weeks' time, and in turn being the first horse in like 30 years winning the Triple Crown. I'll give you my takes on those beginning of next hour. All right, first and foremost, let me go ahead and show off my shirt for Matt Dalton and the guys at Left Coast Q. Nice. Always appreciate uh, the team sending me their team shirts. Like I say, I will wear it. I will proudly display it right here on the show. So thanks to Matt Dalton, the guys from Left Coast Q, for sending me the shirt. I'm extra large. Email me if you want my shipping address, and I will send it to you so you can send me a free shirt. Always love that. Also, you know... uh, if you're any fan of the show, right here, 9-11-01, we never forget. Great guy by the name of Ray Fonseca from South El Monte, California. Here we go. Ready for this? Boom. September 11, 2001, we will never forget. Another gr- Now, this is actually a patch that would like go on a uniform. So I appreciate Ray sending me that, and uh, that will make it up somewhere. have to figure out how to attach it to the banner. Or I might just put it on like a coat that I wear a lot. Because here in Cleveland, it does 
do uh, cold things. Don G weighing in. Barbecue Hall of Fame, Mike Mills. Guess what? Mike Mills, already in. Don, pick again. Over you saying, that's a good question. We call that filler where I'm from because you're thinking of formulating an answer. Question number three, that horse will win the Triple Crown. That horse. That's the best saying ever. I'll have another. (laughs) Yes, I will. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dave Bosca, Henry Ford. What the F? Yes. Oh, right. Uh, Well, Henry Ford is in this year. Guys, next year. Guys, next year. Let's think ahead. I know we're a little behind here in the barbecue world. Let's think ahead. Henry Ford is in this year. He is an inductee. All right, I got an email from a listener. This is from Lopez from Des Moines, Iowa. Hey, I know you don't like Brinkman, but for those of us that cannot afford a Weber Smoky Mountain or another kind of smoker, could you have someone that could help modify our Brinkman? Thanks. Enjoy the show. All right, Lopez, first of all, I don't know your financial situation, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Weber Smoky Mountain's aren't really all that expensive when compared to a lot of the other barbecue smokers and cookers that are out there. You're looking at 300 bucks, probably less. You're not really going to have to do any type of modification to it. And the consistency that you're going to get from this cooker, the longevity, plus it is backed by Weber, one of the most superior barbecue and grilling companies out there in the industry, is second to none. QPR, that's what I live by when I'm buying stuff. When I'm looking at stuff in the barbecue and grilling world, which is quality, price, ratio. QPR, hands down winner, Weber Smoky Mountain. Now, maybe you have the Brinkman Smoking Pro, which is like an offset pit. Uh, maybe you have uh, the ECB or uh, what we call the El Cheapo Brinkman, which is like the bullet style uh, cooker that wants to be a Weber Smoky Mountain, but it isn't. You're, you can make modifications to make that cooker cook average or a little bit above average. But here's the other thing you need to consider. If you're going to be making modifications, uh, A, maybe you don't have the tools, so you're going to have to invest money on getting some tools. You're going to have to borrow something from the neighbor. B, you're going to have to get parts, so that's going to cost as well. Uh, C, you're going to have to allot the time in order to make these modifications and hope that you're doing them right the first time. So I think if you actually cost it all out, you include parts, you include tools, uh, purchase of tools if you need them, wear and tear, labor. Never discount your labor, folks, because you do cost a lot per hour. And then did you make the modifications correctly the first time? I, I You're probably not at a break-even point, but it might only be $100 more at that point once you factor everything in. So I think it would be better to really bone out for that Weber Smoky Mountain if that's what you're looking at or if you think that's kind of like the, the higher echelon. But again, I don't know your financial situation. 70 bucks might be all that you really have to spend, and that's fine. You can make those modifications – and have a Brinkman, whether it be the Smokin' Pro or whether it be uh, the ECB Bullet style, and have those be very serviceable cookers because of the modifications that you make. Without them, a lot of people get turned off, and they really don't want any par- uh, barbecue again. But Lopez, I appreciate you uh, writing into the show. All right, let's look at the Hall of Fame 2012 inductees. Now, there's three categories that are included and how people are, or, or how this, I don't even know how the hell they're picking them, to be honest. I have a call in to the American Royal, to the guy that's supposed to be in charge of this. But there's three categories for Barbecue Hall of Fame inductees. Category number one, pitmaster inductees. That happens to be 
Johnny Trigg. Class of 2012 inductee Johnny Trigg with Smoking Triggers. There is a business slash industry category. This goes along with Dave Bosca's nominee. Henry Ford made it 2012. Obviously an integral part of the whole charcoal thing. And as I posted in Facebook, I have something that will shake the very foundations of the briquette world. Look at Dave Bosca. Who should be in the Hall of Fame? Me. (laughs) Thank you, Dave. Checks in the mail, buddy. And then there is a celebrity inductee, that being none other than Guy Fieri. What? Get that big stuff out of here. I can't. Flabbergasted. We're going to break that all down with Ed Marin at 10.35 tonight. The whole 2012 inductees, the categories, all of that stuff. And so we'll we'll take a look. I have a whole take on the celebrity portion of it, too. You're not going to want to miss that. All right, gang, let me give you a quick public service announcement from your barbecue brother, Stephen DeFranco from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, who is also a barbecue junkie like ourselves. Look, being married to a barbecue junkie can be trying. Think about all the nonsense a barbecue wife or girlfriend has to put up with. Here's just a few examples of why buying her an anniversary ring or diamond stud earrings from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers might be a good idea. Uh, One, because you're always watching barbecue or reading about it in books or you're listening to an online radio show every Tuesday from 9 to 11. You leave sticky barbecue sauce on the cabinet doors and the silverware drawers, on the kitchen table, on the chairs, on the car, on the dog, you name it. You know, how many years has she been putting up with your debauchery and tomfoolery? Probably too many. Here's what you're going to need to do. Whether you participate in competition barbecue or you're just a backyard hack like me, taking care of your wife by showing her how much you love her with a beautiful diamond anniversary ring or diamond stud earrings from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is just a ticket for allowing you to continue to mess up the kitchen with all your barbecue insanity. Now, you're probably thinking that treating her to a new anniversary ring or diamond stud earrings will break the bank and ruin the plans for a new grill or smoker. Incorrect. The diamond anniversary rings at Stephen DeFranco Jewelers start at under $500. The earrings, way less expensive than that. Not only does Steve have great stock quality, but if you go to stephendefranco.com, you can also see lots of great styles. And, of course, the really great low prices. And, as always, Steve has a very special barbecue brother or sister deal just for you, and here's how it works. You go to the website, stephendefranco.com. And you pick out a new Diamond Anniversary ring, or you can look at the earrings as well. You call Steve directly. Ask for Steve, 440-943-2700. 440-943-2700. You tell him you're a barbecue brother or sister. He'll give you $50 off that additional discounted price of the Diamond Anniversary ring. Probably give you some extra special deal on those Diamond earrings, too. And, of course, he'll, he pays for shipping all the time. All that money saved, you can take your wife out to a non-barbecue dinner. Treat her right, fellows. Treat her right, because she's the only one you got. StephenDeFranco.com, and then call Steve, 440-943-2700. Yes, you get one. You get two. My wife gets two because she's the wife of a barbecue host, which is even more insanity. StephenDeFranco.com, we're coming back with Melissa Cookston of Yazoo's Delta Q to break down Memphis in May this past weekend. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Coming back 14 past the hour, 877 448 Greg at the are the two ways to get in touch with the show. My first guest tonight was just on two weeks ago, but we were talking more on the business side of the barbecue world. But tonight we resume our more traditional style conversation, the one where I interview her about whooping up on the competition at Memphis in May. They won it all in 2010, won whole hog in 2011, and won it all again this past weekend. Here to help me break it down is pitmaster of Yazoo's Delta Q, Melissa Cookston, joining me here on the show. Melissa, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Greg? Hell of a weekend, yeah? I tell you, I'm I, I'm not sure if it's over or yet begun. <laughs> so I mean, we have a couple different places we could probably start tonight. Do we need to address the fact, Melissa, that the show karma has once again proven itself as being a force even Mother Nature couldn't keep under control? How are you explaining this phenomenon to friends and family? You know, I'm not sure, but I don't question it. I just ask for it. That's what I'm talking about. We don't question it. We just ask for it and whatever happens. <laughs> Now, for the folks that uh, don't know maybe a lot about Memphis in May, uh, it's it's one-off event. It doesn't fall under the jurisdiction of MBN, but easily one of the most sought-after titles to win every year by a lot of teams. Uh, you and Pete, true vets to this contest in particular. When does the week start for you guys at this contest, and how much work really goes into this event for you and your team? Because I don't think a lot of people actually grasp what goes into the whole setup process before you even start competing. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I was a little behind this year. We had Guy Fieri in the restaurant early in the week, so um, I didn't get to load in quite as quick as I wanted to and had to uh, kind of scramble midweek to get my stuff together. Um, you know, Memphis in May, you, you load in the week before, and you can only get trucks in um, till Wednesday. So it's kind of difficult to get all your stuff down the week before a comp. Now, were you triple entering again this year, or was it just whole hog for you guys? At Memphis and May, you can only enter one of the main categories. Oh, that's right. That's right. I always, for, I always get that mixed up for some reason. Okay, so it was obviously uh, just whole hog for you guys. Is there a more in-depth process of hog selection when it comes to Memphis and May versus the other contests, or is it the same all the way through for you guys? It's the same. You know, I'm, I'm a very firm believer in quality products, and, you know, I, I try to use the same vendor for everything that I do. Um, I have been using Berkshire hogs. I get them from Newman Farms in, in Missouri. Um, they've they've worked really well for me, and I stick with that guy all the way through. He, he's given me some winners. So what size are you typically looking for when you're picking your hogs out? I really like about a 180-pound a hog. Um, we did get a new trailer a couple months ago, and I got bigger cookers on it, so... I decided to cook a bigger hog, and the hog that I cooked for Memphis and May was actually 216 pounds. Wow, 216 pounds. So, I mean, what does that cost out? I imagine you're getting uh, two of them, right? Yeah, we bought two. I think uh, I think I spent about a thousand bucks. Oh my lord! So, thousand dollars just on hogs before everything else. Now, 
Is there, uh, or can you briefly explain this judging process that teams have to go through? Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are a little bit more like KCBS rules oriented or FBA rules. Uh, Memphis and May, a little bit different than the normal. So if you could, could just kind of give us a little uh, pick me up on the rules. Sure. Um, in Memphis and May style, you have two types of judging in preliminary. You have blind judging, where you have four judges judging your box. And then you have three on-site judges, which come one at a time, and they stay approximately 15 minutes each. So you're in after that. You're in 45 minutes on the on-site. Yeah, typically they'll stay 15 minutes. You got about a five-minute break between judges, so it takes (laughs) takes a good hour. Oh my lord! Okay, so when you get the stop by that you have made finals, is it something that? You you know what? Let me back up just uh, just in advance of that question. You cooked the first hog. How did the cook go for you? Was there anything like out of the ordinary that you had to contend with during that portion of the contest? No, I mean, you know, we've been cooking hogs for fifteen years, so we pretty much stay tried and true to, to what we do. Um, so you know, everything came out as usual. It was it was a good hog. Now I'm not asking for secrets here, but I mean, I would imagine you're putting down like uh, dry rubs, but are you also like injecting or do you fill like cavities up with liquid or how, how are you able to keep, because there's so many different muscles and, and meats and you got the loins and the hams and the ribs and all this other stuff to keep it all kind of cooking together and then moist. Uh, what kind of a process is that in order to make sure that nothing is getting ahead of one of the other things? Yeah. You know, I cook my hogs running style, which is not predominant on the circuit. Um, most people cook them on their backs. Um, but, you know, I'm a firm believer in the way that we cook it. You know, we can get more flavor to the meat. So we do a, a skinning process to be able to expose that meat, first of all. Uh, we do inject um, with a pork stock that we make from rib ends. Um, and then we just put our rub on it, put some yellow mustard on top of that, and kind of massage that in. And believe it or not, we get we get so much more flavor that way than we would flipping it upside down. What kind of a cooking time are you looking at for these hogs? 22 hours on that 216-pound hog. Wow, 22 hours. All right, so big-time investment. Uh, so the cooking process goes you know, just as normal for you guys. Is it something that when you're stopped by and you're told that you're going to be making finals that you're kind of coming to expect at this point, or regardless, is it always an, a nice surprise? Heck no, I don't expect <laughs> Real, Do you Now, hold I on am. a second. Don't be modest. I mean, we're old friends here. Everybody respects, and, and they understand what you've done. You, you don't expect to make finals? I had already asked my mama after preliminaries. I said, Mom, will you run me to the restaurant in about 30 minutes right after <laughs> preliminaries? I mean, you, you know, I never expect to make finals down there. It, it's hard, you know, and, yeah, you got to have a good product, but you gotta, you got to have a lot of luck involved as well. All right, so you make finals, and it's like game time number two because you have to go through a whole nother on-site evaluation. You have the second hog, uh, all that other stuff. Because of the experience here and the wins that you do have behind you, do you feel that the judges might expect maybe a little bit more from you because of who you are, who the team is, and what you have accomplished in previous years? You know, sometimes I do. I I really try not to pay attention, you know, because there's always the negative naysayers about, you know, what you've done and I've done enough and, you know, but every contest is, is individual for me and I never expect to make finals. I'm always ecstatic when I do, um, you know, and, and really I just, I focus on what I'm doing and, 
you know, I've I've done several finals judging. Um, usually, I sit and think a few minutes before finals judging. You know, what point do I want to get across to these finals judges that'll make me stand out above all the others? Do you have? And I'm actually going to kind of tie in a question of the whole presentation process. Is it always a little bit different? Are you tweaking that presentation every single time, or do you have something that's kind of like quote unquote canned, and then you're just making tweaks to that particular event or contest? Um, you know, I have certain things that I go over that the judges expect, like talking about your cooker, the fuels that you use, the cook time, those kind of things that I always go over. But I try to always talk about the cook this weekend. You know, I, I firmly believe those guys that, you know, figure out a presentation and then they use it for two or three years, it gets stagnant. So I always want to talk about the cook this weekend. And, you know, I just talk to the judges. I'm, I'm trying not to, to preach to them or have a, a spill per se. But, you know, just, just talk about your barbecue. And um, that makes it easier for most people, and it makes it easier for me. Now, the finals kind of have a unique twist. By the way, we're talking with Melissa Cookston from Yazoo's Delta Q. They just won the Memphis and May Championship this past weekend. In uh, the fact that John Wheeler from Natural Born Grillers oh, also happens to be your business partner at Memphis Barbecue Company, has finaled and won the ribs category. You know your hog was good. John has cooked some of the best ribs at Memphis and May for years now. And I'm not discounting Red Hot Smoker's shoulder by any stretch of the imagination, but this is just kind of a unique thing between you and John. How do you feel about your chances of getting overall considered who you're pitted up against? Yeah, you know, I know my main my main concern was certainly um, John Wheeler and um, Wayne and Linda Booth with Red Hot um, out of the other eight teams that finaled. I, you know, I certainly wanted my business partner to do really well, but, you know, I know that he's a better salesman than I am. So, you know, I'm going to have to depend on, on my product to get me through um, because he, he's, he's just a, he's one of those guys that just can, you know, sell an igloo to an Eskimo. And, um, you know, so I'm really worried about his presentation and I'm always worried about red hot shoulder. Melissa Cookson joining us here on the show. As you look back on it, Melissa, is winning the event this year specifically, is it like a relief for you and Pete, or is it something that, you know, you guys will talk about six, seven, eight months down the road and fond revelry? You know, I don't even really think it's something that we've won yet because I still kind of have to pinch myself every now and then. <laughs> um, there, you know, there's a big target, and I know that. Um, you know, I, I feel like there's an expectation of us that that might be a little unfair because every contest is brand new, you know, and, and you know, I, I don't ever expect to do well at Memphis and May because it is such a competition. Um, I've gotten really lucky there. Um, you know, and I'm going to tell you something. I I am truly humbled to walk across that stage at any time. But to be able to do um, what we've done in the last three years is, to me, just things like that just don't happen to people like me. Yeah, won it in uh, 2010 and again this year. And, of course, you did win the whole hog category last year as well. So, I mean, the last three years have been very good to you guys down in Memphis. So let me ask you to choose which kid you like the best. Of all the wins that you've had and you've been able to amass over your competition career, uh, Memphis and May included, obviously, where does the win this past weekend rank for you guys with all the other ones? Well, you know, winning this last weekend is just like winning the first time. I mean, you know, it's I don't ever take anything for granted. And, you know, people ask me all the time, how many grand champions have you won? And, and my honest answer is I have no idea. 
um, you know, I, I I can't believe that we won this last weekend. So, you know, it, it has to be, you know, the top. Um, 2010 was, was crazy. You know, sitting at the awards, you're nervous. This last weekend, I had a migraine from Thursday to Saturday. So I was, I was extremely ill Saturday at awards. Um, you know, it, it, it has to be the best. You're a business person. John's a business person. You win whole hog. You win the whole friggin' competition. John wins ribs. Is this like a great boost in the arm? Not that the barbecue needed any further promotion at Memphis Barbecue Company, but one partner gets grand champion for Memphis in May. The other has the best ribs. Not too bad to brag on at the old uh, business there, right? Yeah, I tell you what. Um, you know, I don't. We couldn't have done any better. You know, and and for that to happen. Um, it, you know, it, it's outstanding, and, and the restaurant will get a great boost from it. We've already had people that have seen us on the news that have stopped by the restaurant, and, um, you know, it, I've got to build another shelf to put members in May trophies. What a great problem to have. Yeah, right. Um, but we're, we're just so excited. Melissa Cookson joining me here on the show, 2012 Memphis and May champs, talking about this past weekend. Melissa, I asked Chris Lilly this question last year when Big Bob's won the whole thing, and I wanted to get your take on it. Chris has done a lot of TV. You've actually done a fair amount of TV yourself. Does the TV experience help you at all in the presentation to the judges? You know, when you're on a TV set, they say action, you have to be on, the pressure's there to perform because it's all big money that's being spent out there. Does it translate to any type of a benefit in a contest situation for you? You know, I don't I don't really feel like it. I, I feel like it's to, totally separate, separate worlds. You know, TV competition is... You know, it's cameras rolling. You got to worry about you know what you look like, what you're what you're saying. Um, in competition, um, like Memphis and May, you know, I just worry about what I'm cooking. I don't care if I've got lipstick on. I don't care if I've got earrings on. <laughs> you know, it's 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 just about the cooking and it's about the meat. And you know, I, I like it so much better and it's so much more relaxing than than worrying about a camera. Um, but you know, I've enjoyed my TV time and. Um, you know, I hope I get to do some more in the future. When you were on two weeks ago, we talked briefly about competitions because it was more focused on Memphis Barbecue Company. And you said you didn't know how much more you had to prove or accomplish when it came to the competition arena. Being the inept host that I was at the time, I didn't even ask you about Memphis in May that was coming up just a few weeks after that. So you went there, you won. So if I'm kind of pulling out the conversation we had two weeks ago could I assume that this might be the quote-unquote walk-off shot for you guys, or will you still hit the competition trail in the future? I'm kind of fired up at the moment. <laughs> um, you know, I think I'll do the Jack. I think I'll do the Royal. Um, you know, I think I'll hit some of the bigger ones, um, but I'm definitely going to have to let some of the smaller ones slide just because I've got so many irons in the fire, and I really want to make sure I'm taking care of the restaurant. If you, if somebody told you, look, you're not allowed to compete anymore, you have to go back to the restaurant because of the win last weekend and, and everything that you have done in the past, is that something that you could just kind of walk away from the competition scene and be like, I've won what I wanted to or I've won enough and I'm good with that? Yeah, I mean, if something happened and I couldn't compete anymore, um, you know, and I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> it gets tougher every year. That that hill that you have to walk up to get home at Memphis and May every year it gets taller and longer. Um, you know, I, I'd be okay with it as long as I'm affiliated with barbecue in some way. 
I think I'll always be happy. So talking about being affiliated with barbecue in some way, got a lot of people in the chat room asking if you're going to be doing any type of cooking classes. <laughs> I have had more emails about cooking classes. Yeah, I and I, I fully expected to be able to do one before now. Um, the schedule has just been nuts. Um, I'm trying really hard to get at least one scheduled this year. And um, I'll put it on, on both websites, on Yazoo's and Memphis Barbecue Company, when I can find a spare weekend that we can fit one in. All right, so for the folks looking to see more of you, fans of Yazoo's and the Memphis Barbecue Company will be happy to learn. I'm not letting anything out of the bag, by the way. I got the okay. That you and Pete will be on the new season of Barbecue Pitmasters. Now, we're not giving anything away here, Melissa, but other than the fact that you will be on the June 3rd episode, how was this experience this time around compared to last season? Because you were also on there. Um, you know, it it was really nice to see some some old faces in the crew. You know, it, it's much more comfortable when it's people that you know. Um, you know, and it was fun. I mean, TV competitions is totally different. Um, but you know, to to have some of the same guys that you hadn't seen in a couple of years and and making TV about barbecue, which I think is a great thing. You know, if we can keep it out in the public eye, I think that means more teams get sponsors. I think that more money rolls into barbecue, and, and that's what I'm really interested in, is keeping barbecue in the public. Was it a little bit more of an easier transition to cook in this type of a setting because you had done it before? Oh, I think it was definitely easier because I'd done it. I knew what to expect. The TV's a little bit different world, right? <laughs> It is a little bit different world. Not that I would have any idea what it's like, but I, I can only imagine the, the difference between like last weekend and then what it would be like on a TV show. Uh, so go ahead and uh, look for Melissa and Pete. They'll be on the June 3rd episode of Barbecue Pitmaster Season 3. Melissa, congratulations again on the huge win this past weekend. Uh, pass those sentiments along to Pete as well. i got to get him on the show. Would he ever, do you think he would ever come on and do the show with me? Oh, sure he would. All right, so we're going to have Pete on at some point, but uh, pass again uh, along the sentiments on congratulations to him as well. Always appreciate the time you make for the show. I know you guys are very busy, uh, so continued success. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, and keep sending the karma. You got it. There she is. <laughs> Melissa Cookston, Yazoo's Delta Q, now uh, two out of three years winning Memphis in May. So I asked her, because when we were talking two weeks ago, and I had mentioned this, she she did make a specific reference to saying, not that they were done with competition, but that she didn't really know how much more they had to prove, not to anybody, but it sounded like to themselves, that what else is there for, for them to win? And quite honestly, in a lot of instances, she is not incorrect uh, when you win Memphis Barbecue Network Team of the Year as many times as they have uh, and in a row to some extent, when you've won the Memphis and May World Championship of Barbecue as many times as they have, when you pretty much own, I don't want to hear about uh, Myron Mixon anymore and being the whole hog king and all of this other stuff. If you, If I'm showing up at a competition and I have money to bet on, is it going to be Melissa Cookston? or the field with everybody else cooking whole hog, smart money is going to tell you that Yazoo's Delta Q is going to be the one that the majority of the people are going to be putting. That's safe money. You know, that's betting 
Bodie Meister in the last two races, even though he didn't win. But those were the prohibitive. She is going to be a prohibitive favorite in each competition, especially if it's going to be whole hog. So great to see them uh, be able to get that notch in the belt again. And uh, you will be seeing her on television here in just a few short weeks for Barbecue Pitmaster Season 3. Also, I'll let you know that in that particular episode, Big Mo Quezon is in there. And Donnie Bray from Warren County Pork Choppers, all people that have been on this show. Thank you. Let's switch back just to me. There we go. So thanks again to Melissa Cookston from Yazoo's Delta Q, and congratulations to them on winning Memphis in May. Now, as many of you know, I have gotten my hands on a pellet cooker. Just changed out the control panel, thanks to Mark Graham over at Grilla. First thing I thought of was Barbecuer's Delight Pellets. Why? Because they're widely considered to be the pellet resource for pellet-fired cookers. That's right, whether on the competition trail or in your backyard, folks choose Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets more than any other brand for their superior quality and flavor. And you should give them a try as well. You can find them at bbqrsdelight.com. Now, maybe you don't have a pellet cooker. No problem. You can still take advantage of the pellet revolution on your gas or charcoal grill or smoker by grabbing the cast iron pot option. Buy yourself a nice sample pack of pellets. You load one-third cup into the pot. Then you place it into your cooker or grill. Let that sweet succulent smoke take care of the rest. Now, maybe you're not familiar with pellets. Let me give you a little insight here. When pellets are made... All of the air within that cellular structure of the wood is evacuated, thus concentrating the wood into a very dense form, much denser than natural trees. As compared to other wood flavor enhancers, pellets will yield a more intense smoke quickly, which seals the food and locks in the natural moisture, adding smoke flavor exactly when it's needed. And since pellets have been processed from sawdust by pressure, that generates heat. Heat eliminates any contamination present in the wood. This process produces a sterile smoking wood product, of consistent quality. Pellets are easy to use since you don't soak in water prior to use. It's easy to blend. Wood flavors have produced consistent results each and every time with the use of barbecuers light wood pellets. So, here's what you do. You go to the website bbqrsdelight.com. That's bbqrsdelight.com. Check out all of the flavors that they have. And please, for crying out loud, stop messing around with these chunks with these chips and tinfoil little things. Those all burn with heat. They flame out. We don't want any of that. Pellets are going to provide a nice, sweet smoke that really, in all cases, never truly overpowering by any stretch of the imagination. So again, bbqrsdelight.com. That's bbqrsdelight.com. The choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks just like me. Barbecuers Delight. Check them out. All right, when we come back, Beerlicious Teddy Reader. He's a Canadian barbecue and grilling expert, just like the guy we had on last week. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give me 
me two shots. We don't need a radio, bring a jukebox. For my outlaws, bring me three shots. We can raise hell before the speed stops. I'm a whiskey drinking SOB. All right, we are back. Almost 20 till the top of the hour. Having to deal with a a little bit of a True Bud barbecue dilemma, but we are uh, back at it. So no worries on that. My next guest, a show regular, a fan favorite, a news book, Beer Lysius, was just released one week ago today, here to talk about. Friend of the show, a barbecue and grilling expert, Ted Reeder, joining me here on the show. Ted, how are you, buddy? Good, Greg. How are you doing tonight? Oh, man, I am absolutely fabulous, Teddy, as I know you are. Where are we finding you tonight? You're a world traveler all over the place. Where are you at? We are in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Come up here to do a bit of a press tour starting tomorrow morning uh, in the Ottawa Valley area and then head off on to Montreal and then back to Ottawa Friday night for a, a gig here and uh, and Saturday make an appearance at a local Smoke to the Bone barbecue competition here in the uh, Ottawa Valley, part of the Canadian Barbecue Southern Barbecue Association. And uh, looking forward to being in town. I love this town of Ottawa. It's a good place to be. And you are uh, busy as ever. The new book released one week ago today. So one weekend, how is it being received? And perhaps more importantly, how is it doing in the eyes of the publisher? Uh, The publisher is very excited. Uh, The author is extremely excited. The book has already gone into a second printing, and uh, which we're pretty excited about. So the publisher's quite happy when they get to go print more books and sell more books. And uh, to me, I'm, I'm just thrilled that we it, it was a long process to get this book uh, published. My previous publisher, who was going to publish Beerlicious, unfortunately went belly up last year. And so we had to do a little bit of scrambling and a little bit of work, and we found a new publisher. And uh, we're pretty excited about the launch of Beerlicious. 101 different beers, 101... Uh, different grilling slash smoking recipes, all based with different brews. And it's a book, uh, over 250 colored photos, and it's all about beer and barbecue, baby. That's that's what it is. So How can it be a bad book? Absolutely not. I mean, (laughs) these are things that go together like no other, beer and barbecue. Now, let's say I love to grill, but perhaps... My palate isn't as amenable to beer as uh, perhaps you or, uh, or or my palate is, Ted. Is there stuff in here for somebody that isn't even a beer lover that is going to be able to uh, to glean information from and actually like this book? Oh, completely. Uh, first off, I, I may have used 101 different brews, and, and those beers are not always available in everybody's market. So my philosophy really is this. If you like to drink, let's say, Budweiser, which is a tasty, refreshing beverage, and that's the beer you drink, you can make every single recipe in my book using that beer. The beer is up to you. You create it. You create those recipes. And and I'm hoping that my Beerlicious book will inspire you to try new beers and to try different recipes incorporating beer into that uh, recipe mix, whether it's in the brine or in the rub. Or if it's and yes, you can make a rub from beer uh, by reducing it and caramelizing it and grinding it. So uh, there's a whole process for that. You can inject with it, you can baste with it, you can drizzle it, you can guzzle it. I tell you, you can have them cold, you can have them warm. As long as you're having your beer, you'll be a happy person. 
Ted Reader joins me here on the show. We're talking about Beerlicious, and he is getting me. I need to go get a beer is pretty much what I actually need to do. Now, look, Ted, I'm sure it goes without saying that perhaps the drunken steak recipe on page 109 from some no-name internet radio host and his mother credit might be your most favorite guest recipe submission ever. Or is that, oh, I, I, is, is that just a rumor? going wild for the Greg Rempe. London broil, yes, it's it, it's you know, Greg. I got to say, uh, not only to you, but to all the friends, uh, my barbecue friends that have uh, contributed a recipe from Steph the Grilling Gourmet to Diva Q Barbecue. There's a recipe. There's a recipe from you. Doctor Barbecue wrote the forwarder and has also given me a recipe, and so many other friends and family that it, it, it's a book really that comes together. It's not not just my book, but it, it's friends that are in the barbecue game and love beer and love barbecue. And so I'm excited to be able to share your recipe with my fans out there and get them to know who, who Greg is and, and the Barbecue Central radio show. It's awesome, man. I Thank certainly, you. I mean, I certainly appreciate that. And, you know, as you mentioned, there was a, a few guest recipes here in the book, Teddy. So... As part of the process, do you have to go through and cook everything for yourself to test these recipes out and make sure they're on point? Every, I can tell you that with that book, every single recipe was tested by myself and my team. I tasted every single brew that was in that book. I got the beer caps to prove it and the empties and the change in my kid's piggy bank. Um, I, I loved writing this book. I loved the fact that I got to walk out onto my back deck, figure out which grill or smoker I was going to fire up, figure out the food I was going to create with that, and then go to the beer fridge and say, oh, there's a nice tasty beverage. Let's take that beverage, mix it up, and have some fun with it. And whether it be the the Greek-style baked potatoes, which are injected with beer and butter, served with grilled chicken tenders and drizzled with like a beer dressing. Oh. I mean, that's just one of the ones in there. There's the Beerlicious Cake, which is a plank box baked red velvet cake that in that red velvet cake, we use beer and we actually use my crazy Canuck barbecue sauce as part of the recipe to bake a cake on your grill. We've got... Planked Beef Wellington. There's grilling recipes. There's smoking recipe for my butter-basted, injected, big-wheel brisket to pulled pork to ribs. It's just a fun book, and, and, and I just want people to be inspired to go out to their grills, to go out to their smokers, and fire it up and have some fun. Crack a cold one. My philosophy comes down to this. You get one beer for every 15 minutes of grilling time going to grill a steak takes 15 minutes you get one beer can of chicken takes an hour and a half you get six smoke a pork shoulder <laughs> takes 12 hours you keg. get 24 plus keg, keg. it's awesome <laughs> it's just crazy so it, it's a fun i'm excited about it and and this summer um I just hope everybody can get out there and, and love barbecue the way i love barbecue and just enjoy it you know, there's lots of competition, but really the best competition is against yourself. When you cook up that meal and you go, wow, that was fantastic, and your family and your friends are just going, yippee-ki-yay. Absolutely. Ted Reader joining us here on the show, tedreader.com, the website, as you can see on the video side. Also, you can find his book, Beerlicious, on Amazon as well. 
Ted, I mean, you've penned roughly what seven hundred and fifty nine thousand books to date, or something like that. You know, each one a little bit different as far as how it comes together. Do you have a formula at this point for putting books together, or they just kind of flow out of you? They, they just flow. There's there's no set formula. Um, it's really I get into the groove. I figure the topic I want to talk about, and then I just go to my grills and my smokers, and I fire them up, and I start cooking. And sometimes I get in a groove. I can tell you that the Complete Idiot's Guide to Smoking Food, that book that I wrote, took me about 10 weeks of solid typing and writing and testing every single day, seven days a week, 12 to 14 hours a day. And it was a fun book to write. But for me, it's, you know, once I smell that the smoke coming off the grill or off the smoker. I'm just, I'm just a happy guy, man. Then it's about flavor. You know, and there's like, no rules. Uh, absolutely, not with Teddy. There's no rules. It's just right, just like uh, the Outback Steakhouse. Now, you know, I, I, I'm always interested a little bit in as far as how business works. So, you know, you're pitching ideas to publishers. Do do publishers ever come back to you? And say, hey, we're going to give you this idea, and then they're asking you to develop something around their concept to bring to market. Yes, that's happened uh, quite a few times with my business, and uh, I've written books that that aren't even under my name that I've written for other companies that have wanted a book that's that can help them promote their their business and their brand. So it, it'll vary. Um, often, though, you know, we, for example, like my burger book. It was a third in the series, and my publisher said, you know, Napoleon wants to do another another book. What what do you want to do? What's hot? What's trendy? And it was like, well, burgers are trendy. Let's do a book about burgers. And so it, it becomes a collaboration. But really, you know, I'm... Uh, I'm right now. I'm enthralled uh, in the world of beer and barbecue, and uh, there are far too many brews left for me to taste. So, I think I at least have a beerlicious number two in me. Oh, the best news I've ever heard in a long time. Now, look, Teddy, I'm not asking for particulars here. Feel free to share as much or as little as you want with this question. But because you have written so many books and you have a pretty diverse business, again, we could probably do a whole different segment on Ted the Business Guy with really nothing to do with like how to cook barbecue or how to throw a good party. Is is the book writing portion a pretty lucrative revenue stream for the Ted Reader brand, considering all the other stuff that you're into? Yeah, it, it does pretty well. Um, but really the best part of a, the books is it's from a promotional aspect uh, that that we keep my name and, and my brand of what I'm doing out there. Uh, but the way the, uh, of the world right now is that it used to be good. You could write a book and it could last two or three years. Now, if you're not writing books almost every year because they become so outdated, but with me, it's um, one, it's a great consistent vehicle from a promotional perspective, but it's also my restaurant. It's my way to say, Hey, this is what I do from, from a grilling perspective or a barbecue perspective. And I get that out there and I share those recipes. I have no secrets. You want to know how to cook something? I'll share it with you. Um, and between, you know, the two of us, we can come up with a whole new method. There, there's really no rules and there, there's no, there's no rights and there's no wrongs. The only thing that matters is that you create tasty food in the end. And uh, you can take a recipe of mine and you might go, oh, that's not great. But you could tw- tweak it and twist it. And all of a sudden you go, wow, that's amazing. And and really, that's how she works. Ted Reader joining us here on the show, tedreader.com, the website. 
Till we got a couple minutes left. Uh, I mean, you've counseled us many times on throwing a good party, uh, encountering the pitfalls one can come into if you're not planning properly up front. Memorial Day here in the States is nearly upon us this weekend. Do you have any favorite recipes to share with us as we enter what most hacks would call the grilling season? Oh, yeah. I, I, we just had our long weekend this past weekend here in, in Canada and our what we call the May 2-4, which really coincides with a case of beer. Um, <laughs> and our cause Canadians love to drink beer. We, we do enjoy our beer. But for me, it's... <laughs> Uh, I, I love a good steak, uh, and I think taking it easy on your steak, cooking it over hardwood charcoal, nice if it's a nice thick steak to put a good sear on it and then cook it a little bit indirect, drizzle it with a little beer, and, and all will be wonderful. The basic stuff like burgers and dogs, especially if you're having a party and you've got friends and family around, slow it down. Don't rush it. Make your burgers from scratch. If you're doing these uh, hot dog or sausage, don't cook them on high heat. They stay moist and juicy and plump and delicious if you cook them on a little lower temperature for a little longer period of time. But I just did, and I'm going to post this up on my Facebook in the next few days, a hot dog for a new client of mine. And I, and I call it the Croc Monsieur hot dog, where you take the hot dog bun and you dip it in an egg batter and you fry it like French toast. Oh. Then you put like a sweet or spicy mustard on that French toast. You put your hot dog. You top it with shaved black forest ham. And then you top it off with shredded Gruyere cheese. And that is a wicked, wicked dog. If you want to put some fire roasted tomatoes in there, make a little salsa, it adds a nice twist to it. And that's really just about, you know, having fun with a hot dog. So anything you're cooking, just take your time. That's why I love having Ted Reader on, because he's coming up with things that I never would have thought about myself. Beerlicious is the book. It's out right now. Go grab yourself a copy and reap the rewards of the great recipes included in it, Teddy. As always, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on tonight. We'll do it again soon. You got it, Greg. Thanks so much. And everybody, just keep your fires nice and hot, and don't forget your beer's icy cold. That's right. Some of the best advice we've gotten all day. Keep the fires hot and the beers icy cold. John Dawson. The picture of Ted Reader looks like Stephen King on a three-day bender. <laughs> hey Maybe a ten-day bender. Ted Reader. I could talk to that guy for hours. He's always... Guys that make cookbooks. The bloggers, Ted, Ray Lampy. You know, the guys that I talk to, the, the thing that impresses me the most is the creativity, the constant drive to find something to one-up a, a traditional something or other. Like that hot dog. What? Gang, take your barbecue to the next level with a Barbecue Institute class from pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins. He's going to use his years of catering and restaurant experience. He's going to combine it with food, science, and smoke secrets. And he's going to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Backyard barbecuers and those folks who want to open a business, drive and fly in from all over the world for the Institute's small, friendly, informative class sizes. The Barbecue Institute has a full schedule of classes in Texas going on right now, covering everything from a short fajita class to an all-day class on how to smoke the classics like brisket, pork, ribs, chicken, all that great stuff. And the premier class 
in 20... Uh, the premier class of the year is coming up June 2nd and 3rd at the McKinley Springs Winery in Prosser, Washington State. Set in the beautiful Horsehaven Hills, AVA. This is Conrad's favorite location to teach barbecue. In addition to the menu listed on the website, there will be an additional side and Dutch oven dessert. As I've mentioned here over the last month, the special unannounced bonus will be Whole Hog Sunday. Forget football Sundays, it's Whole Hog Sunday. Learn the difference between cooking with charcoal, gas, logs, wood pellets. They can all produce amazing results, yet all require a different route to get there. Learn the practice, the practical secrets, and the food science on the methods to get you the best results for each heat source. Now, when not teaching classes on the weekends, Conrad is conducting private classes and corporate events from coast to coast during the week. He also founded OPBBQ.com in 2004 and still barbecues for troops and wounded warriors. Make your next off-site event really memorable. Have a Barbecue Institute off-site party. Show your employees you care with the very best barbecue money can buy. They'll be talking about it for years to come, no doubt. For details on the Barbecue Institute classes, visit bbqinstitute.com. That's bbqinstitute.com. Or check their Facebook page for the very latest news and pictures. That's bbqinstitute.com. Pitmaster, Conrad, Teddy Bear Haskins. We talk about QPR on the show, classes, and Teddy Bear QPR. Check them out. You don't go broke, and you get great quality classes. BBQInstitute.com. All right, we'll come back and wrap up the second hour, 877-448-0433. If you want to jump in with a take, you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? I never asked for this. All right, we are back. What up, a little too loud there. Craziness. Okay. Phone call. I'll take the phone call. Uh, we go to area code 626. We're on the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Who's this? Hey, Greg. This is uh, Raymond from South Carolina. Raymond! What's up, brother? How you like that patch? Uh, that patch. Uh, it was funny. Uh, you mentioned that. I was just going to say. Uh, Ray uh, emailed in, said I love the patch. Man, uh, easily... Uh, 1A, 1B, when I got the uh, sticker that's up there on the on the uh, banner behind me, this one is going to find a home there as well, and I uh, words can't express how happy I am that uh, you gave me the patch. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you like it. Big fan of the show, Greg. Keep it up, man. All right, man. Take care. Thanks for calling in. There he is. All right. Razor! Ray Fonseca. Gave me this patch right here. Make sure I got the product cam going. There it is. You want to get on my good side, you go ahead and find uh, something that references September 11th. Well, not good side, I guess. But I won't forget. That's why we closed the show up. Never forget. Because we're never going to forget. All right, so that was Ted Reader. 
You can also email the show if you want to, greg at the bbqcentralshow.com. Juices rent. What does that mean? Patio Daddio Barbecue. When we come back, also at the top of the hour, we'll be doing, uh, what do you call that? Survey Tuesday. My phone is going crazy. Oh, Facebook. Maybe I should get on Facebook. I like that. Hey, John Dawson, you on Facebook yet? You on Facebook? Bet you're not. Melissa Cookston joined us in the first hour, 914. We talked a little bit about the recap of Memphis in May. I don't know whether to find it refreshing or scary, me scary, not her, that if I was in her shoes, I might not be as humbled. Of course, I'm merely expounding on that. Because to me, if you're that good, if you've accomplished that much at some point, it wouldn't be of comment to say that, well, that team's cocky. They expect to do that. And I do wonder, uh, nobody would ever admit it. No names, please. But judges that do a Memphis and May competition because of what they've won, because of the presence they've had over their you know, seven, ten years now running, do they judge them more harshly? Do they expect more out of them because of who they are? It's human nature. I couldn't sit here and say that that wouldn't happen. And I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. But for them to knowingly go into the fact, uh, going to kind of a, a hostile environment, the bullet is on their back. People want to beat them. People... People don't want to see them win. They just want to say, well, we finished ahead of Yazoo's. And for them to continually put people in the rear view is a pretty solid accomplishment. So uh, we'll see if they go back and try and make it three out of the last four years. They won it in 2010. They won it again this year in 2012. And they came in first in whole hog last year. Chris Lilly beat him out with shoulder. All right, we'll step away, and we'll come back with the second hour, 877-448-0433, Greg at the BBQ Central Show. You are listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. And this is Jennifer, and we're from Cleveland, Ohio. And you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate fifty four wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, it's shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with 
Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole other type of movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. All right, just... Hello! Just like that, we're in the second hour, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again to my first hour guests, Melissa Cookston, Yazoo's Delta Q, and Memphis Barbecue Company. The restaurant website, by the way, is memphisbbqco.com. Memphisbbqco.com. ICBA. I think I always say that wrong. I think I always say. I think I always say IBCA. Oh, wait. Okay, I was right. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind, Roger. Thought I was wrong. Uh, we talk about show karma all the time. Melissa Cookston doesn't question it. You know who else doesn't question it? Gone Hogan Barbecue Team Grand Champs, Middleton, Delaware, this past week. Heading back to the Jack, baby. Yeah. Double horns. That a boy. That a boy. All right, Survey Tuesday questions. Go ahead and answer as you wish. Who would you like to see inducted into the 2013, that's next year's, Barbecue Hall of Fame? Question number two. Most overused saying in the English language currently. Question number three. We'll all have another win the Belmont and in turn the Triple Crown this year. So I'll go ahead and take question uh, number one. Who would I like to see inducted into the 2013 Barbecue Hall of Fame? Now, remember, there's three different sections. So Pitmaster. Oh, Pitmaster. I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, Myron Mixon. I would imagine that he is going to be inducted next year. And here's why I say that. Uh, Not because he's on TV a lot or that he is the poster child for TV barbecue, as it were. But when Myron was really out competing, I don't think anybody was really at his level. And by level, I mean this. Myron was the only one, at least in recent memory, that uh, Willingham already in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Guys, do your research first. Do a little show prep before you come into the chat room. Willingham already in. Um, Myron was the only pitmaster that would go... Florida Barbecue Association and win, Kansas City Barbecue Society Association and win, and Memphis Barbecue Network and win. So he was crossing over a bunch of different platforms and winning in all. He wasn't just competing and sucking ass. He was competing in all three. He was winning in all three. So to me, regardless of how many championships he's won, the fact that he would go into three different styles, three different platforms and win is enough for me. So I see Myron Mixon in the Hall of Fame next year. Most overused saying, it's got to be this, right? Ready? Just saying. God, I hate that. We'll all have another when the Belmont and in turn the Triple Crown. You know I want to say yes, so no. Sorry. Just isn't. Uh, Randy Mill Myron. Pulling for I'll have another love Bodie Meister. Um, he was at Oaklawn uh, at the Arkansas Derby. No, John uh, 
patio daddy barbecue. That's what she said. That's always funny. Always funny. The fact that the last race is Belmont and that is going to run a mile and a half after the horses have already run the last five weeks. While I would love to see it, I just don't think it's realistic to think that uh, horses can run that far that often. Because horses just aren't bred to do that, if you don't know. I mean, mile and a half is huge, and the bullring is in a whole different race course class by itself. What can I tell you? Uh, let me scroll up here, see what everybody else likes. All right, nobody else there. Let me share some pictures with you, if you don't mind. So I'm coming up from Akron, Ohio. This was uh, last Friday. I'm trying to make my way up, and I see a site. I didn't cut out. I'm getting ready to show a picture. I see a site that my eyes couldn't possibly believe. For your review, what the hell is that? Get that big stuff out of here. I think when she blew by me at 85 miles an hour, I could hear that. And that's right. I did say she blew by me at 85 miles an hour. That that motorcycle was screaming in pain. (laughs) I mean... Oh, what is going on? Yeah, thank God there's no helmet law. Wow. I mean, look at the ham hawk that's holding on to that foot peg. Are you kidding me? Wow. Wow. All right, so that's picture number one. Picture number two, a guest that we just had on at 914. Maybe you saw this making the rounds. Uh, this is a little bit scary. This is a little bit scary. No, the tire wasn't smoking, but I'm sure she was a little bit later. Looks like a sawzall, and she's cutting off the legs of a whole hog. And she looks like she's having a lot of good time with that. I mean, chicks love power tools. (laughs) What did I just say? Chicks love power tools. And she is cutting off legs, it looks like. Wow. That is something. (laughs) Let's go back to this one while I set up. Now, the third one that I'm about to show you, this is an actual ad that I got. I go to a wholesale club. Uh, BJ's Wholesale Club is the one I go. I don't go to Sam's. I don't go to uh, Costco's. This was an actual ad that I saw in the Sam's Club circular. And it looked a little something like this. BJ's and barbecue, it's a natural. (laughs) I mean, does it get any more right than that? BJ's and barbecue, bring it on. Honey, what would you like for Memorial Day? Well, dear, I'd like a BJ and then I'd like some barbecue. Did anybody bother proofreading this or saying, hey, guys, maybe we don't want to say this particular BJ's. 
I understand they're myopic because they're the ones, they're within the culture. BJ's doesn't sound like a dirty thing. BJ's and barbecue, it's a natural. What, BJ's and beer didn't want any of that? BJ's and smoking weed didn't want any of that. BJ's and menage trois didn't want any of that. I mean, you got to be kidding me, right? BJ's and barbecue. Wow. BJ's and getting it on with your next door neighbor didn't want any of that. I don't understand, but uh, that's what it is. BJ's and barbecue. It's a natural. It's a natural. Programming note, next week on the show, Ray Lampy. We're going to be talking about the slow fire. Jim Shaheen makes his triumphant return from the Washington Post. And Scott Roberts. Let me see here. Check this picture. All right. Let me show this. I can show this. Can I show this? Yeah. Hold on. Courtesy of Steve Farron. Championship barbecue starts with BJ's. <laughs> I mean, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> wow. Well, wonders never cease. I mean, I had no idea that this is this is all it took to make championship barbecue. BJ's. I had no idea if it was that simple. Um, I got my hands on a sneak peek of Pitmasters Season 3. The opening... Well, I'm not going to be able to get to it, so I'm going to save that for for next week. But I do know who's in it, so stay tuned for that. But guys, I mean, if you can't get, if you can't reap the rewards of BJ's this weekend, you just aren't trying. You go to the show replays, show the pictures, all of that stuff. If you're not trying, if you're not asking, you're not trying. Okay. I've seen two episodes. I haven't seen the whole. Uh, haven't seen the whole season. The rough cuts, whatever that means. Gang, let me talk to you for a few minutes about the longest-running sponsor of the show, located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru. Gang, if you have been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cookers, then stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. So why would you want to buy one from any other company? I don't know. Not familiar with how these little beauties work. I'm not going to get into the minute details, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature, and once set, it keeps it running at set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real life. You can take advantage of this technology today. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional. Perhaps you are constantly on the run with kids doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperatures. The Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, whatever it is. Then you're off to do what you need to do to get done. The Barbecue Guru has your back by maintaining the pit temperature you set it at. Now, there's currently five, but two be four different models to choose from. So you know there's one that's going to fit your budget. We have the newest one that was just released a couple weeks ago, the CyberQ Wi-Fi. Currently, you still have that Procom 4 wireless unit that's going to get phased out. You can roam up to 600 feet away with that. You have the CyberQ2, the DigiQ DX2, and the uh, also the other newest one, the PartyQ, 
which starts at $129 for most cookers. The Party Q is the easiest point of entry into pit temperature control devices. Self-contained unit, runs on AA batteries. You can take it wherever you need to go. But the CyberQ Wi-Fi, the newest technology that's out there. So imagine you have a smartphone, you have a tablet, you have a wireless laptop or netbook. If you have the CyberQ Wi-Fi set it up, you're going to be able to maintain and monitor pit temperature. Maybe you're visiting a competitor a competitor's website. Maybe you're in the house and you have it hooked up to your home wireless network. You can see how everything's cooking. If it's cooking too fast, you can make adjustments by ramping down. If it's cooking too slow, you can make adjustments by ramping up. $295. It is cheap technology. It is flawless technology, and it is here today. Do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor. Head over to the Barbecue Guru website, thebbqguru.com. Check out all the products. And if you have any questions, you call them directly, 800-288-GURU. Yes, for Bob or one of the guys there that's working, they'll get you outfitted with exactly what you need to be up and running out of the box. TheBBQGuru.com, 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in pit temperature control technology. We'll be back with True Bud Barbecue right after this. Stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. Uh, 14 past the hour. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Those are two ways to get in touch with the show, if you want to do it. My first guest in the second hour have been cooking very well. Two weeks ago, they took a GC this past weekend, third overall out of 78 teams at the Great Mall American Barbecue Systems Olathe Barbecue Contest in Olathe, Kansas. Currently ranked number one, KCBS, Team of the Year standings. We race over to the hotline and grab pitmaster of True Bud Barbecue, Tim Grant. Tim, how are you, buddy? How you doing, Greg? I'm doing fine. Oh, Greg, glad to hear it. Tim, I appreciate you making time for the show tonight. Uh, before we get into the contest this past weekend, you know, for the folks that might not be as familiar with Tim Grant and True Bud Barbecue, how do you get messed up in this whole wild competition barbecue thing, Tim? Well, you know, uh, I started out about uh, 2002 and and just started, to, started a team to bring my... Uh, um, friends together, and uh, hence the name True Bud. We grew up calling each other Buds in high school, and and I was one of those teams at the Royal that had like a big band and you know big party, and um, we just did that once a year. And uh, then it kind of got to the point where uh, you know we were always the team that we were first out of the parking lot, and and uh, one year I don't remember if it was uh, 05 or 06, but uh, you know, we got a call and we got, we placed 14th in pork and, uh, we'd already hit the road. So I think when we realized that we started to um, think about, well, maybe we should stick around and maybe we should take this a little bit more serious. Did so, you, did, you know, that Royal contest turned into, uh, you know, doing a two or three a year. And then, then, uh, in 010, uh, we decided that uh, we really wanted to get serious about this. Is there a, how many uh, team members do you have, Tim? Um, there's a current, there's there's four of us, four of us that basically make every event, and 
um, you know, with uh, my significant other, she, you know, she takes care of me on the boxes and, and does everything up pretty for us. And then, uh, you know, I've got uh, right-hand man, uh, Boyd Apps, that uh, he gets up in the middle of the night and starts the fires and, and uh, um, you know, and allows me to get there. You know, I get to the contest generally about 5.30 every morning. I kind of take over and, and uh, you know, he uh, he goes back to bed for a little bit. And then we have some other guys that show up and help uh, help do the rest of the show. All right, so when you decided in 2010, as you said, to kind of make that jump into a little bit more of a concerted effort to, to go out and win, do more events, is it a big buy-in from the other team? Did you have to do convincing? Or was this something that you guys have been talking about right along and all of a sudden it's like, okay, let's do it this year? No, that's a pretty funny story, Greg. Uh, <laughs> I remember the time I got on the phone with uh, Boyd, uh, um, you know, one of my best buddies, and and I told him, uh, you know, I was thinking about doing some more contests. And, you know, I basically told him, kind of broke the news there that I'd signed up for seven contests. And, and I remember those, that, uh, that, that conversation very distinctly. He was, he kind of paused and was like, you know, what exactly are you trying to achieve? Is was it was his uh, phrase to me. And, and at the time, I didn't really know. I just knew that, uh, you know, I've been a, been in competition all my life, basically in sports and, grew up in a family of kind of cooks. My mom and my sisters were big-time cooks. I grew up on a farm, so I kind of had a hand at uh, just, I don't know, you know, being, and I was the only boy, and kind of being in the kitchen and being around homemade food, and it was just something that I was kind of, uh, you know, really getting interested in doing, so um, that was kind of the year that uh, started everything, and then we, uh, you know, we kind of won those first-place ribbons, and I mean, once you get that first place ribbon, you're kind of hooked. I mean, I, the very first place we ever got was first in ribs, and which is kind of a unique of its own. You know, kind of a you know, if we pride ourselves on one thing, it's really cooking ribs. Um, but uh, but you know, just kind of advanced from there, and you know, it, it took off really last year. Um, it just exploded, and 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 this year the same. I mean, we just kind of picked up where we were from last year. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you know, I had followed the team a little bit, uh, you know, 2010, and then I remember distinctly Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue mentioning your team in an interview that we were doing about a competition that he was in with you guys. And then all of a sudden it was like he mentioned it and the gas came on the fire and, and you guys have been right in pretty much every competition that you've been in since. Uh, so, A, congratulations on the success that you've had and, and really, I guess, kind of a short period of time since you've ramped up the amount of competitions that you've been doing. Uh, so if, if we look at, you know, the competition that you were at this past weekend, uh, when you cook an event with almost 80 teams, and there is a decent amount of top-level teams in there as well. I mean, it's not just guys that show up once a year. Are you excited in these situations, or uh, perhaps do you press a bit more because of the size and people looking to take a shot at you? Well, you know, it's a, it's, it's a definitely an adrenaline, um, um, event, especially when you're in big time, uh, contests like that with, uh, you know, a lot of top team, 10 teams and, um, like, you know, up against Munch and Hogs, we see them a lot and, and, you know, him coming after off, um, off a team of the year and just, uh, you know, we're a young team, that's for sure. We're, we haven't been around the block, you know, for 10 years or five years and, and, uh, you know, I believe we're good cooks, but sometimes, you know, you just question how good a cook are you and how good can you cook against these great cooks. And, uh, you know, I really believe that, uh, um, 
you know, the product we turn out, you know, it's just, uh, um, you, it, it, you know, I really believe in the product we're turning out and we've really improved, uh, on our pork and our brisket. And I've just become, um, you know, a more consistent cook and, uh, with my guys on my team, I mean, we all kind of know what we're doing and, and who's doing what. And we just kind of, you know, one thing that I, that I, I really believe that, uh, we do well is consistency. You know, I've got, I've got a book, you know, if I were to ever say to, uh, to, you know, a tip for any team, um, I, you know, I write everything down and I take notes and I make sure that, uh, you know, we're right on schedule. And if you're not on schedule and if you get off track, it's so easy to get distracted. And if that happens, I mean, you know, that can throw a whole cook off. And, uh, you know, that's just something I really believe in. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of a perfectionist myself. And so when it comes to the boxes and stuff, I don't think there's a team out there that can beat, you know, the, the look that I put in the box. Now they can beat my product, but I'm really, um, a perfectionist when it comes to the box. And that's something that I really like doing is, you know, decorating that box and making that meat look perfect. So when they open the box, it's that, it really gives them that wow factor. Tim Grant joining us here on the show, True Bud Barbecue, currently ranked number one for KCBS Team of the Year. And we're talking about the uh, Great Mall American Barbecue Systems, Olave Barbecue. That's a hell of a name there for that competition. Uh, anything out of the ordinary this past weekend that you had to deal with, Tim? Um, not, you know, we had to deal with a bunch of wind. Um, it was a little bit uh, out of the ordinary. Um, we had some pretty strong, pretty strong wind that was blowing everything all around. But, uh, you know, we, one thing that's, uh, good for us, um, we're cooking on a jambo, uh, making sure it's covered up and the, you know, the doors are blocked and stuff. I mean, that thing's pretty, you know, it's right on its money as long as it's, you know, um, got a fire in her. I mean, you know, I, I basically call her uh, black magic. I mean, she just does everything I really ask her to do. And, uh, um, other than, other than that, you know, you know, those, these big contests, when we go up against these teams, you know, you know, if I feel that I can really be consistent across the, all four meets, you know, I've got as good a chance as anybody. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, dive into the meets a little bit more in, uh, in specific. And we'll just call them out like they do in competitions. We'll kind of go over them. So you, uh, chicken always called out first. Uh, you end up getting a 13th in chicken. Were they calling out top 10 for, uh, for categories, Tim? Uh, yeah, they were. Okay, yep. so you don't get a call, uh, but you end up 13th, so you're just outside the top 10. As you are kind of turning in the chicken, are you a team that is going to taste every turn in or, or do you just taste some and you run others? Where are you at on that? Well, you know, on, on the chicken, um, you know, if there's, if there's two products that I feel like we can really cook, it's chicken and ribs. And I feel like, you know, if you don't get a cut, I, I really feel that the chicken and, my, and the ribs go together for me. And if I get a call in chicken, I'm generally doing really well in ribs. And so when I don't get a call in chicken, you know, I'm kind of concerned because, you know, we, we, we turned in some great chicken. I mean, we had three 180s last year in chicken. Um, you know, I just feel that, uh, that's, that's kind of the starter. And if, if you don't start out well in chicken, you know, you got your playing catch up and, and, uh, you know, I, I feel a lot of times that, uh, um, you know, if I'm not doing well in chicken, my ribs has got to hit really good and, and I kind of bring up the rear on the pork and the brisket. You know, sometimes I hit it and sometimes I don't. But uh, I've really been being more consistent on those meats. But, but yeah, I was uh, when I didn't get called in chicken, I was just I was kind of concerned. 
All right, so as you said, you're going to have to pick it up in ribs, which you did. So you get second overall out of almost 80 teams. Were ribs on point? Did you think you got lucky, or did you think you should have won that thing? Well, you know what? When I turned those ribs in, um, I wasn't happy with them at all. And um, I just, uh, you know, the rest of my team, they thought they were great ribs. But, uh, you know, when you cook so so often, I mean, we're cooking every weekend. And, uh, um, you know, I'm really probably really fine picking, you know, how good they are. And, and you know, there may be just little substances here and there that I may not like about them. But, uh, you know, generally, I, you know, I'm, they must like the taste because, you know, I've been doing extremely well in ribs and, and you're right. I mean, the, you know, if I, ribs are the best thing that I can cook. And, um, so, you know, they weren't what I thought was perfect, but, uh, you know, I, I was hopeful that we'd do well in them. Tim, are you like a lot of other pit masters where if you are tasting ribs, for instance, and you said you didn't really like them, does that typically turn around and you get a higher score than you thought? It is. It is. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been, you know, I've, I've been at a contest before and, and they got to the top five and heck I'm sending out a text, you know, I remember this one contest in particular, I'm sending out a text to my, to my gang, you know, no call and ribs and we ended up winning ribs. So, I mean, it's just sometimes, you know, what you think is not good. Um, it just doesn't work that way. And then sometimes when you flat out think you nailed it, you know, the judges might think differently. All right, so we look at pork now. So you get 17th overall. So, again, if we're looking at it as far as echelons of percentage of where you rank for overall out of 80 teams, 17th is great. I'm sure a lot of teams would take that every day of the week. Uh, but lowest call uh, out of all the four, is is pork uh, a struggle for you? Was it just off this particular weekend? What was going on with that? You know, I thought the pork was the best thing we cooked that weekend so that's kind of that kind of tells you you know what i know but uh i honestly would have ranked my ribs the last and i would have ranked my pork the best um you know when i turned that box in i thought it was very moist i thought it was a great flavor and it was definitely it it i nailed it in the box and it just didn't hit for me um there you know there could have been a lot of great pork cooks there you know i don't really know why uh why they didn't like the pork but pork's been up and down for me you know i I either hit it or I don't hit it, and I really can't tell you why. It's just kind of me trying to figure that out. And then you get a seventh place in brisket, so another top ten call. As you're called for third overall, are you happy with the finish? Do you feel like that you and the team might have left something on the table that you could have taken an RGC or a grand in Olathe? I mean, we were ecstatic about third when, when we knew we got called twice. I mean, you know, we beat a team that had a 180 score. Um, I, you know, I've, we've done this before. We've gotten a number of third places this year with two calls. Um, it kind of tells me, you know, how just the consistency of, of what I'm cooking. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we were actually hoping for a top five and they called a couple other teams that we thought that, uh, had beaten us. I mean, we were we were really surprised and, and actually very happy with third place. Okay, so evidently I'm saying the name of the competition wrong, and I apologize. But everybody's a lot smarter than me, Tim, as you'll come to realize about the Central Life. Is it Olfa? Am I saying it wrong? It's Olatha. Olatha. Jeez. All right. Let's just call it Tim Smith, Kansas. How about that? That's better for everybody. All right. Uh, hey, that'll work. There you go. So uh, Big O's had uh, top ten calls in everything but pork. 
you had two top ten calls or better, and the non-calls were still good, but Pork was the lowest finish for both you and Big O's. And, of course, you had Casey Can Crew for that matter. Uh, is there a shift happening in KCBS regarding the flavor judges are looking for in Pork right now? Because it seems that over and over again, a team that finishes second, a team that finishes first, they might be top 10 in all three, but pork falls out. And I'm talking like, you know, 14th or 15th place or 20th place. Is there something going on with pork that I don't know about and the teams really need to get on the ball with here? You know, I don't know. If, I don't know what to say about that. I've, I mean, when we were at the Sam's Club last year, just in October, you know, we won first place in pork. And uh, I'm cooking with the same recipe. I didn't change anything. Um you know, so, you know, I can't tell you that. I mean, I just think probably it might be, you know, it was just the judges that day or or there was, you know, some different profiles that were that were at the contest that the judges liked better. You know, I I don't I don't think the profile is changing, but, uh, you know, that that's a tough one, I guess. You said you cook on uh, Jambo Pit. Is that the only thing you cook on or do you have multiple cookers in camp? I do have multiple cookers. Um, I use a fast eddy, um, only during, you know, we used it a couple of times. I'd never, I've, I've, I've cooked ribs and chicken on it in, in like the cold, really cold temperatures because I struggle to get, uh, my chicken and ribs done on the jambo. If it's like the winter queue we did, um, you know, if it's, if it's uh, really cold out, um, I have to really adjust my times a lot on the, uh, on the jambo and, and that's when I'll might bring a fast eddy in and, you know, kind of, and just I'll cook double though. I'll cook it on the jambo and I'll cook it on the fast eddy and then we'll, we'll bring it in the tent and, you know, decide which one's better. That's kind of how do we do that. Once it's warmed up, all, all I cook on is the jambo. Tim Grant joining us here on the show, pitmaster of TrueBud Barbecue. You can find them online at uh, TrueBudBBQ.com. If I, is it TrueBudBBQ.com? Is that the website? Yeah, that's that's a that's a um, kind of an outdated website. I mean, you can find us on Facebook at uh, you know TrueBud BBQ Team. I mean, that's pretty much where we update everybody is on Facebook anymore. Yeah, of course, that's where everybody goes. Tim, let me ask you one last question before I let you go. You know, you're experiencing a lot of success. You're winning a lot, and it seems lately, and by lately I mean three, four years now, success for teams means them jumping into giving barbecue competition cooking classes as a portion of a business or a revenue stream generator. You guys doing that? Are you looking into doing that? What's going on? I don't think we're looking into it at this point in time. I mean, we've had some requests about it, but, uh, you know, basically, you know, maybe after I, um, you know, win some bigger bigger titles or something, you know, I'm, I'm kind of after, you know, team of the year and, and winning some other categories before probably I consider that. All right. So I was going to ask you that you're currently ranked number one in KCBS team of the year. If this kind of holds out uh, towards uh, the last five, six months and you're still in the hunt, is something you guys are making concerted effort to try and get that title for 2012? Uh, We started out 2012 after that title. So, I mean, We've got six wins already towards the jack, and you know we're we're really looking for that seventh win so we can get into the jack. And uh, yeah, we're all about making team of the year. That's for sure. Where are you going to be competing at next, Tim? Uh, we're going to Valley Junction in Iowa. We'll be there this weekend. 
All right, so uh, you know what happens. You come on the show, especially first-timers. It's a foregone conclusion, Tim, and I'm not speaking out of school here because it just happened with Memphis and May. You're going to win that competition this weekend. I can goddamn guarantee it. So you can chip me off like 10% of the winnings. It's called the show Karma. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but you'll see exactly how it works this Saturday. And I'd wish you good luck, but you don't need it. So uh, everybody in Valley Junction better look out for True Bud Barbecue because Tim and the boys are coming to get you. And they are currently sitting atop the KCBS Team of the Year standings right now. And, of course, we'll see how it plays out for the rest of the year. Tim, I appreciate the time tonight. Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, Greg, thanks a lot, and I like the way you think. I, I do appreciate the time. You got it. There he is, Tim Grant, True Bud Barbecue. And can you imagine... Can you imagine if they go to Valley Junction? Let me preface. I don't want to preface this. If they go to Valley Junction and they win. So first of all, that's a team that shows up and people are probably already like, oh man, True Bud's here. We're never going to win now. They're going to win. Now they have show karma on the side. Can you imagine? The mob scene that will be taking place in this country if another team comes on and then the following weekend takes grand championship at their particular competition. I will be paying particular attention to Valley Junction. I suggest you do the same because the believers, the naysayers are out there. It doesn't work. That's just fooiness. Incorrect. You watch. You watch. And now I'm about to seal in the juices for another show sponsor, you lame asses. If you guys are like me, you're always trying to think of ways to step your barbecue and grilling game up. No better or easier way to do that than by adding a little butcher barbecue to your arsenal. Now... Here's some validation before you head on over to ButcherBBQ.com to order. Top teams and men and women in the KCBS, FBA, IBCA using Butcher's Barbecue products weekend in and weekend out. How about the fact that the pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue uses Butcher Barbecue products? All that did was get him third overall KCBS team of the year last year. Do I need to say more? I don't think I do. We all know that Butcher's is well known for the injections, the pork, the beef, now this prime injection, which has combined all things love from their beef injection using its award-winning flavor enhancer and its ability to keep your brisket juicy. They have combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef flavor. It's available for sale right now on ButcherBBQ.com. Dave uses it. ButcherBBQ.com. Now, perhaps you're looking for a go-to rub or sauce. Central Lights, you have hit the mother load right here. Butcher Barbecue, a full line of award-winning rubs. One of my personal favorites, that steak and brisket rub. Just use it on some steak over the weekend. Grab some honey rub as well. It garnered a lot of attention on the Internet last year. Or try that premium rub, especially if you inject with Butcher's Barbecue because it's formulated to work with the injection. A perfect one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike. And last but not least, gang, you know what I'm going to talk about. That Butcher's Barbecue Sweet Barbecue Sauce. Look, when it comes to barbecue sauce, I am as finicky as it gets. Butcher's Sweet Sauce wins in each and every category for me. Not overly sweet, 
Got a nice hint of tang. Just the right amount of back-end heat for crying out loud. No liquid smoke. Dave Bosco took the time and effort to make a quality sauce. And he didn't take the easy way out like most people do when they add that crap called liquid smoke. Go grab a box of six. They will fly off of your shelves, I guarantee it. No worries on breaking the bank when it comes to shipping either. Orders at $55 or less. Ship at $7 US dollars. $56 and up. Ship at 9 bucks. Cheap. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. Stock up on everything. ButcherBBQ.com. Butcher's Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. All right, we're going to come back and talk to my favorite guy to talk barbecue with, Fast Eddie, coming up. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, 37 past the hour, 877-448-0433, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Helping me close the show tonight, one of my favorite guys to talk barbecue with. Hardcore fans know... He was one of the four original Barbecue Roundtable Brisket Edition panelists. Created the FE line of cookers that have won numerous awards over the years. And here to talk about the Barbecue Hall of Fame, amongst some other things. Fast Eddie Marin joins me here on the show. Eddie, what's up, buddy? Hey, Greg. It's been a while since we've sat down and talked. Dude, it's like every time we talk, the technology on the show gets even greater. I mean, who would have thought Fast Eddie would be on the show via Skype webcam with the thousand billion awards sitting there next to him and behind him? It's like the the only thing next is like regular TV, right? Oh, man. You got to put those damn things somewhere. The dust is, I don't know what you do with them, you know. You hate to throw them away, but, you know, someplace to store them anyway. You could get called for an interview like this, and now they are on plowed display doing exactly what they should be doing, giving you props. And by the way, talking about giving you props, what is going on? Do people all of a sudden find the Fast Eddie Cooker to be some sort of taboo equipment to talk about, where they would rather talk about a Jambo than an FEC? It's like the mistress of the pit bitches, right? Well, it's not very cool. I mean, it's just a stupid-looking stainless box, you know, and then it uses these things that people like to make fun of, like rabbit turds to burn. <laughs> you know, some things just don't change. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Ed Marin joins me here on the show. Eddie, I-, I mentioned in the intro that you were a part of probably the most popular podcast I ever recorded, the very first brisket roundtable that also included the likes of Leanne Whippin. Uh, Ray Lampy, Jim Minion, uh, they were also on the panel. Can you believe that that was recorded in February of 2007? Five years wow. have elapsed, and like I still get emails probably 15 or 20 a week saying how great that particular roundtable was. Can, I mean, can you even believe that it has went on that long and that we're still getting positive reinforcement and encouragement on those roundtable shows? Well, you know, that's it's that's the great thing about technology today that that stuff is still out there and people can look it up and find it and, and go and listen to it. And I'm going to tell you, 
you know, it's still, it, it's, my brisket's really almost directly like what we talked about right there in the show. And, you know, I don't cook much nowadays. Last time I cooked was out there in Las Vegas, and I think it was like 114 or something like that there, and I finished seventh. And I you still use the same techniques and everything exactly and did everything just like I always used to back in the day. Fast Eddie joining me here on the show. All right, Eddie, so uh, I wanted to bring you on to talk a little bit about this Barbecue Hall of Fame. Uh, I know there's been a somewhat crappy online version of the Barbecue Hall of Fame for the past number of years, but in March, the American Royal bought the rights in the website and is looking to really move ahead with this idea. Do we, yeah, need, do we, do we need yeah, a Barbecue Hall of Fame? Do we need a Barbecue Hall of Fame, Eddie? I think there needs to be. You know, I, maybe it's just because I'm getting older and I'd like to see history, you know, kind of kept around but um yeah i and i'll tell you what the popularity of this sport and i'm i call it a sport you know i'm i'm in the i don't do a lot of cooking like anymore because i'm i went back to a sport that i did as a kid i'm back into desert racing and uh that's the sport that's a little bit older desert racing really became a sport in, in early 1970 up through to now and you're talking you know competition barbecues only about 10 years behind it and i'll i'll tell you what competition barbecues 10 times or 100 times bigger than than desert racing is um i mean it's 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 got it it's it's got it tenfold over that sport so um yeah i think i think there needs to be and we need to keep you know back and and what our history and where the roots of all this come from you bet i think we need to all right so there's three sections from what i have read uh there's a a great reporter who i'm actually trying to get on the show kind of help me uh, break it down over the last couple days but there is a a pitmaster induction portion there is a business slash industry portion which you'll probably get in with and a celebrity induction portion and I'm on board with the first two. I think that kind of relates to exactly what you were talking about, remembering uh, the roots and preserving the roots and the things that have been accomplished over time so people that come well after us will be able to look back and see how the sport has grown. But the third one is kind of weird for me, uh, and we'll break down the new class of inductees for 2012 here in a moment. But are you good with a section for uh, the Hall of Fame in regards to celebrities? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's, it's pretty man, vague, you, right? It's pretty vague. It, it, yeah. It, no, what what is what is what is a celebrity barbecue guy? I I, I don't know. I, I Eddie, you're is, looking right at him, baby. I, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. What is what? What? I I don't I don't I I I don't get it myself. I mean, as an Al Roker, you know, Al did a lot of stuff on the Today Show back in the day, you know, and he's been down in Memphis and things like that. I mean, he hasn't done much lately, but you got to, there's, there's a good example, you know, it's been several years ago. Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 that's, that's a, I don't get it neither. All right. So uh, let's break down the inductees. I'll leave the celebrity inductee uh, for the end because I do have, I want to share my take with you about it, and then uh, maybe you can expound a little bit more on what your deal is with that. Uh, First one is the business inductee, Henry Ford, which is actually somebody that you mentioned when we were corresponding about the segment. Long recognized as the guy who brought charcoal to the masses, helped kind of bring about Kingsford. No argument from me on this one. How about you as a pellet guy? 
No, I, I felt like when they when they first started to do the online thing and it came to be, I thought Henry Ford should have been top of the list. I mean, without without him, you know, the, I, I understand there's an argument now whether or not he was the guy that did the patent and all, and I guess he probably wasn't, but he's the one that made cooking with charcoal popular. And um, if without him, think of what the backyard cooking would be like today. You know, I just think he he was the predecessor to what, 99% of everybody uses and does. It's weird because like Kingsford and I said, there's some things that you kind of assimilate with each other. And for me, uh, I hear somebody say Kingsford and whether I'm doing it subconsciously or whether I'm actually talking about it, the next thing out of my mind or in my mind is Weber. Do you have the same thing with that? Yes, I do. I think Mr. Stevens has got to be uh, in the next, I'm surprised he's not there yet. Uh, and when you, you know, when people think barbecue, Weber comes out of their mouth. They're the number one. They're the biggest. He, he, w- along with the charcoal that Henry Ford made popular, the next thing that it was was in, able to take that charcoal and choke it down and, and operate it and burn it in air and with his kettles, the design. Th- those two gentlemen together really is what what made the, the biggest difference in the industry. And there's how can you not have Stevens, you know, be in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. Fast Eddie Marin joining us here on the show, uh, creator of the FE Cooker, also uh, the Pellet Grill, which we'll talk about here towards the end. Uh, so uh, we'll move away from uh, business. Uh, business wise, I mean, would you like to see uh, you know the the Weber the, the the Stevens get inducted for next year's class for 2013 for business? Oh, absolutely. I definitely, I would think, you know, he's got to be up there in a, he's got to be on the short list. There's no doubt about it. I really would, I would hope to see him in there in the next year or two for sure. All right. So we'll move on to the next portion of inductees, which is the pitmaster inductee. Johnny Trigg is going to be in this year. Uh, obviously, Smoke and Trigger is pitmaster. Johnny has been on this show a few times. Uh, he is kind of like a, one of the go-to barbecue TV people, especially for John Marcus. And he, he's done barbecue a long time. To be honest, I don't actually remember the last time Smoking Triggers actually won like a grand in anything. But look, the tenure, the championships that he has won without question, beyond reproach. Any problem with Trig getting it? No, I mean, he's well-deserving. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's a good choice. Um He's getting up there in the years. I'd much rather see guys get into the Hall of Fame while, you know, they can still enjoy it instead of when they're gone. I mean, not to I, – I, I think he's a great choice. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think your mention about Myron Mixon, how do you not put a guy like that who's put his heart and soul in that industry and did what he's done and just exactly what you said, all different organizations, um, I, I – how do you not have a guy like that in there? And he's got to be on the short list. I'm surprised he's not there yet, too. So, um, but you know, Johnny's a good, definitely. You know, Johnny works and is a good pick for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be. I mean, if we're only doing one inductee for Pitmaster, uh, that might have to look to revamp. I mean, there should be probably classes because there's a lot of people that are going to be, especially with the continued growth and popularity of the sport. It might be worth doing, you know, three or four people at a time. Uh, considering where we're at. All right, so uh, that's the pitmaster inductee portion. Now we go back to the celebrity inductee, uh, and it's uh, Guy Fieri. 
So here's my take. I, I think, as I said before, I will have a problem with this category more than I won't. And here's why. And, and listen to my line of reasoning. If they are going for real celebrity, and you can't question that when it comes to Guy, right? He's on TV. He's a success, successful TV chef. He's a game show host. He writes cookbooks. You would notice him on the street if we were all on the street together. Nobody would know who the hell we were, but they would know Guy. All of that. But I have no idea what he has contributed to the world of barbecue that would allow him inclusion to a barbecue Hall of Fame. If we are talking about Hall of Fame, baseball, basketball, whatever, it should be reserved for only those who have elevated themselves above and beyond that industry, be it competition or business. You know, Season ticket holders for other sports don't get enshrined to the Hall of Fame. So for me... Guy shouldn't be getting in. Just because you have judged some Jack Daniels events doesn't mean you should get into the Hall of Fame. What's your take? Well, I don't know if you knew that, a little history there, but Guy did cook with the Motley Q crew uh, yeah, yeah. Before, before he became you know, on the Next Food Network star. So he did you know, do a little competition cooking with those guys, or I don't know if he was part of the development of that team when it first started or not. I don't know if the story goes that way. Eddie, in a related but, story, uh, I once attended a barbecue event myself. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll give you that. It's, I think the category is kind of bogus. You know, I mean, let's let's go. Let's let's look at and instead of the, I'm not going to go directly looking at the individual, but I, I I'll, I'll agree. I think the categories. You know, let's let's look. One thing that's missing in this barbecue hall of fame that that's very disappointing to me is is the commercial industry of who out there has fed the masses and made barbecue uh, available to all the industry, or you know, of, of the people of. of of this United States where it really got going. I mean, there's tons of great pit masters in Texas at, you know, restaurant tours, old people who, who, who made an unbelievable, uh, let alone just what's going on in Kansas city. Okay. I mean, with the, the name of Gates and, and folks like that, or Henry Perry and, and those things, I think the category should have went that direction wholeheartedly way before it ever even thought about going to be celebrity. I'm still trying to wrap my head around what the what the celebrity aspect is going to be. Obviously, to me, guys taking some for me just because he's the guy that's in there. If it was, you know, uh, probably any number of you know these TV celebrity chefs, they would be getting the same type of dissertation for me as guys getting. So it's really nothing pointed at him specifically. It just seems like an overt pub grab for the American or the people at the American Royal that are in charge of this to get some type of interest or foot traffic to say, hey, Guy Fieri is going to be showing up to take his induction into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And I think it's kind of like this thing that we always talk about with what's good barbecue. The consuming public, by and large, has no idea what a good rib is or a properly cooked rib is. They're they're kind of brainwashed by you know a Damon's or, or crappy chains that it's got to be meat mush. So, oh, they vote with they vote with their pocketbook, Greg. I mean, yeah, let's you you could do it by weight. I mean, I'll tell you what, if it was me, right, right, going to write how to pick a commercial barbecue place, I would go. I would take the square footage of a store and how much volume they could run out of it. Okay, and 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 the people are voting with their pocketbooks going in there. I mean, I was at Oklahoma Joe's uh, Saturday morning. I met with some people. 
And I was a little late. It's supposed to have been there at 1045. They opened the store at 11. The, door, the, the line was already at the door, okay, wow. and hadn't even opened the counter yet. So, I mean, it, people are voting with their pocketbooks. And, yeah, there's a lot of retailers out there doing barbecue. But when they're standing in line, and I watched them, this, that line got to be over an hour long. People stand there to go get a barbecue sandwich. It was incredible. All right, so maybe there'll be some revamping of celebrity because I think, by and large, it's it's very vague, and to generate traffic to kind of get this thing up and running might not be you know that bad of an idea. There's probably other ways to do PR, uh, but I think that's going to kind of come under fire here in the future. So we'll uh, stave off of that. Uh, we're talking with Fast Eddie here, and we're talking about the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Uh, let's transition out of that here just for a minute, uh, Eddie. You follow competition barbecue relentlessly. You're one of the you know biggest contributing factors of success because of the cookers, and also you deal a lot with the restaurant industry. In your opinion, you know what's the state of competition barbecue right now? Are we in a, a kind of a weird area where flavor profiles are becoming very vanilla, and nobody wants to step and push that box out and kind of break away because they're worried about the investment that they're putting in that they might not be able to recruit back for getting out of that flavor profile box? I think a little bit. You're there. Um, you know, they want to. You got to. It's you got to drive down that middle of that road and, you know, not to be offensive or, or really have a bold, outstanding flavor. You just got to have a good mix. And, uh, and so many people out there can do it. And I, I'll tell you why, you know, Tim Grant, listening to him a little bit there, and he's so passionate about building boxes. Tim doesn't, he's not, he's not missing a tenth of a point. And that's what's, you know, the food is getting to be so close. That may be what's making True Bud be on top is because he's, he can be more attentive to detail than anybody else. And, you know, uh, it's, it's getting down to that kind of a game out there that you can't give up a tenth from any judge. And that's probably what's helping him out. You know, when I had talked to you the very first time, like six years ago, and we talked about your experience in competition barbecue uh, I believe you said at one point you were using the, the Berkshire Hogs, uh, that you weren't injecting like anything when you had originally started competing. But over time, more and more people were doing so. Some, at, some, at some point, there was a diversion from people not injecting to injecting. So right. is, is, do you think that there will be a point where a flavor profile or a method changes so divergently that we're going to be able to go back and say, okay, well, this was the point in time where everybody got away from this or everybody started doing that. Oh, I, you know, you, you probably, you can go back and look at a little swing here when, you know, um, the, the injections were starting to be, when something becomes commercial available on the market and, and it, he's able to, turn enough volume of it to make it profitable then enough people are using it i think you can look at that era of being what's changing okay um so you, you know like butchers and and cosmos and all that you know i mean they didn't come along because it wasn't one it needed out there it, it you know they come along because that's what the industry and that's what people are, are wanting to do out there to use so um will it they're looking for more consistent flavor, and that's what and that's what that 
product does. It gives you more consistency and gives you more consistency and flavor in every single piece of meat, and um, it helps it helps that happen. Ed Morin joining us here on the show. Do you forecast any big changes to competition barbecue over the next handful of years? Do you see anything really changing from where it's at as far as methods or uh, profiles or anything like that? Do you think it'll pretty much stay status quo? I don't think it'll be big, you know, maybe little tweaks. You know, what really probably ought to happen to me is the associations or the groups ought to make some changes, you know, in the rules and kind of shake it up a little bit is what ought to happen to make it interest to the judges again. I can't believe judging and getting the same stuff all the time is getting to be that interesting to the judges. So I think they ought to make chicken be, you know, white and dark meat. You know, they they ought to they ought to add some things and 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 step up the game a little bit is what they ought to do, and uh, I mean, come on, we're back to making pork tenderloins out of pork butts. Right. It's kind of gone reverse. I mean, all you're all you're doing is cutting money muscles out now, and it's basically just about like pork tenderloins were back in the day, and that's what you're serving and turning in. You know, it's they. It, you ought to have to. You ought to have to stipulate that I got to have pulled pork. I've got to have sliced pork, and I need to see the bone or something. I mean, they. I think the rules need to be shaken up and put some interest back in the categories. There's been a lot of talk over the last you know year or so about this whole pork parting, and should there be. A, a rule change. I know they, I think they put it to some kind of a preliminary vote on the last case BS board meeting about being able to put the parted pork back on a cooker 30 minutes before turn in to heat it up. And that was voted down. I mean, we splitting hairs here or what? You can't, it, you're talking about stupid stuff that you can't enforce. So why even be talking about it? You know, why don't, why don't you just put it out to open, open it back up to any cut of pork. That's what it's gotten down to be. It wasn't the idea. I was on the board at the time when we went from any cut of pork to uh, it being shoulder, shoulders or butts, okay, because that was determined what uh, pork barbecue should be because it's a cheap cut of meat. And that's what it ought to be. So I think it, it being, they've gotten down to where it's getting parted out and it's just getting to be one muscle cut and set in a box and you're, you're – you're not able to do anything about it. Well, let's just go open the category up and make it any cut of pork other than uh, ribs. Fast Eddie joining Forget me it. here on the show. That's right. Open it up, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, before I let you go, Eddie, give me an update on that Fast Eddie pellet cooker. Where are we at with that right now? Well, we. <laughs> I know we've been all it's around pretty, it. It's gotten real popular, uh, what I've manufacture with cook shack now and we can't we're having to keep rework our uh, uh, manufacturing lines because we can't keep up with production so um that's i mean we've done all this without any advertising at all and i really like to turn the gas on this thing but i can't because we can't get enough product manufactured at the moment but um i did license another manufacturer and hopefully you'll start seeing it in the heavy hardware store um, and Lowe's and maybe Home Depot. They're both, they're they're a, a, a core vendor for those organizations, and we'll see if it ends up there. You know, it's no guarantee it's going to be in there. We did have it at the HPBA show, and it's with Englander Stove Company. Um, they're 
they're real excited about the project. Uh, there, there should. One of the things we're going to do, and the market is demanding it, Greg, is that unit will be the only pellet grill that'll have a safety testing on it. So, um, it's. I'm real excited. It does not have my name on it, but it is my. Uh, I did license in my patent. What does a, a safety testing mean? What is that about? That's like UL. It's. Oh. It means it's been through a safety lab, and it's. They've deter- determined that it's a safe product to have. And see, I, I'm all safety tested for my commercial stuff, and I had to do that. And I actually had to change the feed system from what Traeger's design was to be able to meet what their needs were. They do not allow that direct feed system where it's the auger into the fire pot. You have to separate the fuel and the burner is one of the th- stipulations they want so we're way ahead of the game on that and are you i mean i think you know we had got to be talking about this thing for like two years i think maybe even longer than that uh you were probably in the what 18 to two thousand dollar range or when we were still at that type of a price point or has it come down a little bit well the pg thousand which is all insulated a real nice 200 300 series stainless unit is twenty four or twenty five ninety five list. Now the PG five hundred, which we just came out with the first of this year, and it's a non insulated uh, doors. It's lit at fifteen forty nine, and the unit that's come out of England Stove Works, which is a, a painted unit, uh, it's going to ride about the thousand dollar range. And that could be in your uh, your Home Depots or, or your your big box stores here pretty soon. Well, I'm not saying it's going to get there for sure, but it's you'll probably see it in the big heavy hardware market somewhere in 2013. They are a core vendor for those two organizations, and they are doing everything to meet their needs, including the safety testing, which is what they wanted the unit to go through. All right, so hopefully, so that- it's not to say they pick it up, but we're doing everything they can so they will. All right, so let's hopefully uh, hope that that actually comes to fruition. Uh, we are talking with Ed Marin, created the Effie line of cookers, also uh, that pellet grill, which is uh, pelletcooker.com, and he teaches some classes every once in a while. Uh, you can also find him contributing to this show as well every once in a while. Eddie, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on tonight and talking about that Hall of Fame thing. Hey, man, let's do some roundtables again, huh? Let's get it on, right? Absolutely. You bet. Thanks for coming on. There he is, Fast Eddie. Love talking uh, barbecue with that guy. He's going to give you his opinion now, and that's what I like. All right. How do I want to do this? I'm over, which is fine. Uh, Let's do this. I'll read it, and we'll just uh, go right in. All right, gang, let me talk to you very quickly before we wrap up the show about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. There are unsavory businesses and creeping marauders at each and every turn on the internet. I think we can all agree on that, but sometimes you are looking for barbecue or a grilling item that just isn't stocked anywhere in your hometown or the next town over. Your options have become very limited and now you're forced to go online and buy the item that you want or go without it. That internet grip sets in, the hands start to sweat, your neck tightens, you've been screwed up on the internet purchases before and you don't want it to happen again. After all, this is your hard-earned money that you are spending 
You need to feel confident that your company that you're buying from is honest and fair. And that's where the good news happens. Fred Bernardo, the gang over at Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply, relieve you of the Internet buying stresses. Tasty Licks has one of the most complete inventories of barbecue and grilling items anywhere on the face of the earth. All of the items that you see on the website are in stock. They are ready to ship to you directly. Now, are there other places on the Internet you might have an item cheaper? Perhaps. But are you 100% confident that you are actually going to get the item that you buy? More importantly, how long is it going to take to get to you? All great questions that no one can answer with 100% assurity. And that's why when you buy from Tasty Lakes Barbecue Supply, the items are in the store. They are ready to ship to you promptly. And everything in the store is priced fairly. Now, Tasty Licks carries grills, smokers, ceramic cookers, electric cookers, various charcoal types, wood chunks, chips, cookbooks, accessories. If they don't have it, you don't need it. On top of all that, Fred carries many of the other show sponsors in his store as well. So if you are almost doing this like two-for-one thing, you're shopping at a sponsor and you're buying sponsors' products from a sponsor. The best of both worlds, don't forget that Tasty Licks has their own line of barbecue rubs and sauces as well, so be sure to try those. Head on over to TastyLicksBBQSupply.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. Let the confidence exude from you as you make your online purchases. And then enjoy your items upon delivery. Don't forget, Tasty Fest is coming up in a number of weeks. Go to the website, check it out, get all the information. That's their Egg Fest that they hold in Shillington, Pennsylvania. You can buy used eggs at a deep discount right there after the whole thing is taking place. Again, the website, TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. And I will come back in two seconds to wrap this show up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, six past the hour. Apologize for running late. Especially to Kevin, sorry. Thanks again to uh, Fast Eddie for sharing his thoughts about the Hall of Fame, the newly revamped Hall of Fame that was living in, I believe, Ray Basso's backyard on his server farm or something like that, right? <laughs> and they bought it, and now we're going to actually make it into a live brick-and-mortar type thing. So good luck with that. There's going to have to be a change to that celebrity thing. I mean, what do you guys think? Should there be some type of a celebrity thing? I mean, uh, I don't have any idea why Myron or why uh, Guy Fieri would be put in a barbecue hall of fame. Bobby Flay should potentially be in there before uh, before my what's his name Guy. And I don't even know if he should do that just because he hosted barbecue. I don't know. It just seems bad, like a bad idea. There should be more pit masters, more industry, more stuff actually dealing with the world that we like. But hey, what can I tell you? I'm not the one that bought the uh, rights to the server farm. That's right, Don. This is something that will just be talked about uh, on and on. All right, look, that's it for the show. want to thank my guests tonight. Melissa Cookston joined me way back at 914. 
After that, it was Ted Reeder talking about Beerlicious. Melissa was talking about her win at Memphis in May 2012. Two in the last three years. They won it in 2010 as well. Ted Reeder talked about his book, Beerlicious. Now available on Amazon. It's less than $30. a good read. I got my copy. My recipe's in there. Page 109. Drunken Sirloin or whatever the hell it was. Courtesy or also... I want to credit my mom for helping me with that. In the second hour, we talked with Tim Grant from True Bud Barbecue. They're currently sitting atop KCBS Team of the Year standings. They will be making a run for it. They will not bow out. There is not any type of outside interest that they have. Also, closing out the show, Ed Marin from pelletcooker.com. He has partnered up with Cook Shack again and some other company to make those grills. Also, the Fast Eddie line of cookers continues to reap awards on the circuit. All right, let me first help you to control the rusty grill grate population. If you have raw cast iron and you use it, make sure that as it starts to cool down, you scrape it off. And while it's still warm, hit it with some Pam or some Crisco. Let it bake back in. Reseason it each and every time. Keeps the rust away. Give you years of rust-free service. Pass it down to kids if you want to. Also, September 11th. 2001, I will never forget. And I know you won't either. Thanks to Ray for that again. Also, thanks to Patrick for this one right back here. Jam Pack Show next week already. Dr. Barbecue in tow. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now.